So last week I was watching a, <clears throat> an old documentary in which they were using the, the telegraph. And it was hard for me to believe that in our age of instant communication with cell phones and texting and all that stuff, that in the not-too-distant past, like, the way to communicate was the telegraph. Like Morse code, right? I mean, <clears throat> dots and, and, and lines. And now we can, we can call anywhere on the planet, seemingly. And I think it's just we've really kind of forgot how far we've come in such a short period of time. And so after seeing this, I kind of got into this little... I wouldn't like kind of like a rabbit hole of Morse code. Like I just started watching all these things and reading all these things on Morse code. And <clears throat> I found there was this one firm and this was back uh, many, many years ago. And they had a way of uh, how they hired their employees. <clears throat> and the way they did it was they, you would come in and there was a, the desk was sitting there and you filled out, you, you know, signed in that you were here for an interview. <clears throat> and then you, it said, you know, sit down. And when you're called, you'll come in. And the office is, you know, bustling and there's noise going. You can hear the telegraph ticking going and all this stuff. Well, this one guy walks in and he signs in and he sits down. And after about two minutes, he just gets up and walks into the main, like the boss's door. And everybody's like, what's he doing? And then a couple of minutes later, they walk out and the boss is like, you can all go home. This man was hired for the job. And they're like, what the heck? We were sitting here waiting. He's like, well, the entire time you were waiting, I had telegraphed into the office. If you can understand this, walk in the door. The job is yours. <clears throat> he said, this guy understood it. You didn't. Therefore, the job is his. What struck me about this was the entire time all, seven, all eight of these guys are sitting in that office, the message is being communicated. All, all eight of them heard it, but only one was listening in the proper way to receive it. And I think like in, in our day and age, right, we live in this super distracted world and God is trying to get messages across to us, all of us, and there's only a handful of people that are actually hearing them. It's like as the cacophony of noise of the world rises, the voice of God is silenced. Everywhere you look, people are distracting themselves. Nobody can sit still anymore. I mean, our attention span, which wasn't a lot, has gone down a lot. I mean, you look everywhere, people are always, always on their phones. Or earbuds in their ears. We are constantly distracting ourselves. And the place that we hate is silence. <clears throat> we hate it. Because when we sit in silence, we have to deal with ourselves. <laughs> we're still us. And all that stuff that we're trying to push down with the noise and the distractions of the world, in silence it starts bubbling up. Today in the gospel, we get a snapshot of Jesus' daily life, okay? Jesus was just as busy as you are. Probably more busy, <clears throat> right? I love Mark's gospel because Mark's gospel is like an action movie that you just kind of parachute into. And it's just, boom. I mean, as soon as the gospel opens, Jesus is moving, right? He's calling James and John, Peter and Andrew. He's exercising demons. He's... Preaching the gospel. He goes into the synagogue. He comes out of the synagogue. He heals Peter's mother-in-law. Have you ever heard uh, Archbishop Sheen? There's a great line. <clears throat> he said that 
the reason that Peter denied Jesus three times was because Jesus healed his mother-in-law. I don't know if that's true or not, but I thought it was funny when I heard <clears throat> But he heals, he heals Peter's mother-in-law. And then it says the entire town is at his doorstep. And what does he do? He heals people. He exercises demons. He's doing all this crazy stuff. He is distracted, busy. His schedule is loaded. And then in verse 35, boom, he just puts on the brakes. And all this movement comes to a halt. And we get an insight into what gave Jesus the ability to live the way he lived. To deal with the things that he dealt with. It says, rising early that morning, he went off to a deserted place to pray. He went off to a deserted place to pray in silence. The secret of Jesus' life, most of his life was not dedicated to miracles and healings and exorcisms. Most of his life was dedicated to prayer in silence. Scripture tells us again and again and again that that's where God works, is in silence. Probably the most, like, I don't know, the, the best image of this is Elijah, if you remember from the Old Testament. Elijah is up on the mountain, right? And, and he, he, he says, I wanna, I'm zealous for the living God. I want to meet God. I want to talk to God. And all of a sudden, there's a hurricane, right? And it comes raging through the mountain. And it says, God wasn't in the hurricane. And then there was lightning and fire and hail. And it says, God wasn't in the lightning and the fire and the hail. And then there was this crazy wind that was ripping rocks off the mountain. And he says, God wasn't in the wind. And then it said, and then there was a tiny whispering voice. And Elijah hid himself. That's where God is, in the quiet, in the silence. Jesus is showing us how we are to live. We need, the more busy you are, my friends, the more you need silence. One of my favorite quotes, I'm sure I've shared it with you a hundred times, St. Francis of Sales. He said, if you want to be called a Christian, you have to pray at least a half hour a day. You cannot be called a Christian unless you pray a half hour a day, unless you're really busy. Then you have to pray an hour. <clears throat> because he knew that the more we had, the more garbage would get into us. And if we don't deal with it, it begins to affect us. It begins to affect our sp- your spouse. It begins to affect your children. Everybody around you. Because we're taking in all of this stuff. But what are we doing with it? Are we just letting it build up until we explode? Until we snap on our spouse, on our children, and our families? I think that most people, rather than entering into the interior struggle and silence and dealing with their problems, they just run away and distract themselves. They avoid silence like the plague. And some of you might be freaked out, even though I'm talking about silence. I was freaked out when I first started. I have done since two 30-day silent retreats. For 30 straight days to be silent. Mainly because I'm a glutton for punishment. But I did two of them. And I, uh, to be honest with you, my friends, they were the most beautiful, peaceful, joyful days of my life. But I didn't start at a 30-day silent retreat. You know where I started? I started in college, going to Mass, daily Mass, and then spending 15 minutes afterwards in quiet. Day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year... And all of a sudden, I began to 
crave it. I don't know how people live without it. But I started small and I chose it every single day. I was listening to a podcast and I heard, you, you know Steve Martin, the, the, you know, he's the, the, the comedian. He, did you know he plays the banjo? I didn't know that. I mean, I like Steve Martin. I thought he was funny, but he plays the banjo. He's, and he's so good at the banjo that he published an album that he won a Grammy for. And did you know that he never had a teacher? So I, saw, I was thinking, I was like, if you read about it, he said, I want to play the banjo. I had no teacher. And so I just, this idea popped into my head. I'm just going to play the banjo every single day. And after 40 years, I should be pretty good at it. That's what, that was his secret. And I would, I would honestly say to you, that would be my secret to you. Everybody knows if you want to be good at something, it's hard at the beginning. You got to choose it and you got to work at it. And it's tedious. I always wanted to play guitar. Okay, Father Nick Schneider, he will never admit to this, but Father Nick Schneider at Christ the King is one of the best guitar players in the upper Midwest. And I am not exaggerating. I sometimes will just go and listen to him practice because it's like a private concert. And I've always wanted to play guitar like him. And so about three or four years ago, I bought a guitar. This is a very waltz thing to do. I just bought a guitar because I'm like, I'm going to learn guitar. And I, I signed up for lessons. And I went in for my first lesson. And the guitar teacher's like, okay, so we're going to work on, this is the first thing we're going to work on. Ding, ding, ding. Okay, can you, can you do that? Ding, ding. I'm like, look, man, I want to play Guns N' Roses. Welcome to the jungle. And he's like, yeah, we're going to get to that, but it's going to take a long time. Okay, a long time. And you have to do those little tiny things. We can't just jump into something and think we're going to be great at it. It's going to be hard at the beginning. It's going to take time. But if you keep doing it, if you don't give up, I promise you, it becomes effortless. I mean, Father Nick can take a guitar and just close his eyes and just start playing this beautiful music. It does, it's, it's, it's like it doesn't even challenge him anymore. But he has worked and worked at it. Every single one of us are called to this relationship with the Lord. And we got to work on it. And even more than maybe just sitting in the silence, we have to listen right. Remember that story? He was listening for the telegraph. He was listening for the message. And because we're so distracted, I think we oftentimes miss the message. I, about three years ago, I thought I was going deaf. I'm a bit of a hypochondriac, if you guys didn't know that yet. But I, 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 I just struggle. I'm struggling hearing people. And I'm like, I'm totally going deaf. So I went in and the doctor's like, they did all these tests. And he's like, actually, you're not going deaf. Uh, what is happening, we don't know why, but you tend to take in more sound than the average person. So you're hearing more background noise. And so you have to focus more in order to hear when somebody's trying to get something across to you. And I was like, I'm like, Doc. He's like, what? I'm like, that's prayer. And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, seriously, that's prayer. Don't you get it? There's all this noise, and we're hearing all this noise, and if we focus on the message, it may look like me like I was crazy. But I'm like, this, that's what it is. We have to actively listen in the silence. 
And the more we do that, the more we will hear him. And my friends, I have noticed that the best time to pray is in the morning when it's quiet. Your heart's quiet, your mind's quiet, the world's quiet. All the problems of the world haven't hit you yet. And so I want to challenge you this week and for the rest of your life. 15 minutes. Give him 15 minutes in the morning. Quiet prayer. Turn your phone off. Turn the TV off. Just you and him. Listen. Pray the daily readings if you need something at the beginning. And I promise you, the more you do that, the more you are going to experience peace. This last month, I have more or less just turned the news off completely. And it's amazing. I have peace again. I like people again. I have a bit of joy back in my life. And I have replaced the news with more time in prayer. And I encourage you to do that. The French philosopher Blaise Pascal said, All of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly in his room alone. Try it. And when you do, you will find that amidst all the noise of this world, that he's there waiting for you, wanting to take your burdens, wanting to take your distractions and your struggles and replace them with peace. Silence is not to be feared. It's the very ground of the divine encounter. Don't fear it. Enter into it.